0: I am Doug Friedman,
1: and I am Meredith Levy,
0: and this is Your Mental Breakdown,
1: the podcast starring us,
0: us, mostly us, often us. It's also starring a client. It's co-starring all of you guys. You guys all get co-star billing. So just email us your name, your professional stage name. and What am I saying? I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's also <laughs> co-starring The Rain. I'm. T- can we just talk about The Rain? I know it's not going to rain the day it comes out, but like it can't be ignored right now.
0: Uh, it can. It's hard to ignore, but it, I mean, it's raining. I mean, it rains in lots of places. I think the thing okay. to note is it's raining in Los Angeles as we're recording, and this is an anomaly. It doesn't normally rain here. Okay. Okay. It means Meredith doesn't drive. People don't go outside of their house. Yeah. <laughs> or if they do, they don't, they try to pretend it's not raining. Like people drive in the rain in LA to like no. beat the water hitting the the, the ground. They're like racing yeah. the rain. They, yeah, No,
1: it's a horrible idea. Also, yeah. Yeah. I have to remember to text all my clients and let them know there's a distinct possibility of my power going out, which means I can't work.
0: So, Ooh. Oh wow. Is, is it really raining that hard over there?
1: Yes. It's oh. insane and the wind the wind and the rain also were very delicate flowers so the the grid system is not prepared for this stuff
0: right right speaking of delicate flowers yes we just saw this is we're we're recording this the day after the oscars so what did chris rock wake up to on his face this morning
1: is this this is a joke i'm not sure what
0: fresh prince
1: Did you make that up?
0: (laughs) No, I'm not that good.
1: Oh, that is so good. Uh Let me tell you, we watched that live last night. Right. And which I don't normally do, but we were just, I don't know, looking at the dresses or whatever and outfits and we were watching it live. And I don't, it was so crazy that I don't even, it was shocking. Right. The whole thing was shocking. And I must say, I mean, I, tell us your thoughts about it for those of you who saw it or woke up to every meme in the world. But I think Chris Rock handled it like a champ. and uh, maybe he didn't know she had alopecia. Who knows?
0: Maybe not. I'm guessing he didn't. I've got a couple of thoughts on it. and okay. it's it's something that I saw just the Will Smith's acceptance speech. It's like, wow, he oh. was really tearful. <laughs> was very apologetic, huh? And then I kind of looked, saw, oh, there was an incident. So I went back yeah. inside and saw the yeah. full clip. And I'm struck by a couple of things in no particular order. Number one, that there are two types of people I think that are going to be blowing up Will Smith and Chris Rock today, whether it's in social media or their friends or whatever, those that offer right. their support to those human beings. And those that use this as a means to further their own political views or whatever it might be, whether it's domestic violence or or race or personal privacy, Hollywood. Right. And it's interesting because you see a lot of it in social media and and there's going to be an outcry on several sides with several things. Yeah. I'm also struck by how there's an informal brazen nature to, I think, award shows or, or any sort of gatherings these days where people just feel like the decorum that we once had isn't really there and they can walk up to the stage or say something or like we're, and there's a part of that I actually like, like it's, Oh yeah, we're we're human. We don't have to put up this false front and, and be this thing. It's still to me so far out of line. I mean, was Chris Rock out of line? Yes. So is Ricky Gervais at every Golden Globes he's hosted. It's (laughs) hilarious and out of line. And maybe what Chris Rock did touched a nerve because he's targeted Jada Pinkett Smith before. He's made fun of her publicly before at award shows. And I think there's something unique to actors where once they play a role, they take on some of that role and they take that with them. And they don't, they're never really taught in acting classes or school, how to separate from that.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you're in a meeting with a team, well, actually you're kind of different. When one is in a team meeting, (laughs) they might put on a certain air and they, they act a certain way and then they go into another setting with their friends and it might take them a minute to transition. Right. 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 You're uniquely you pretty much everywhere you go, which is awesome (laughs) (laughs) for better and worse. But there, there's something about acting when you sit with a character for so long that you put some of yourself in the character, some of that character goes into you, and it's hard to kind of separate that. And I, I work with a fair number of actors and work with this piece, like how to separate that. And it's, it was something that I don't know the Williams family, but I imagine when he was up there and the first thing he says is that their father, that, that Richard Williams was a fierce protector of his family. Like that's, I don't know, you're smiling. You have thoughts on that too, right?
1: Well, I don't know that that would have been his first comment had what happened not happened. So yeah, I mean, I think it was just, I think it took away from everything after all the other people that won. It took away a lot. And I don't think that was fair. And I don't think, first of all, perpetuation of violence and assault live on TV. Right. I mean, Chris Rock isn't pressing charges, but. Chris Rock doesn't have to press charges for charges to have been pressed. Like cops could have come in and arrested him.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: So that's all interesting. But I just think it was, it was sad. Honestly, it was really sad. I think the whole thing.
0: One of the things that made me the most sad is I saw that that Questlove.
1: Oh, that was so sad too. I know. And he was so, and right after.
0: Right. It was right after. It was so moving. You know, he so deserved. He deserved that because he went through so much of like that music and bringing that, and it meant so much to him and his family and a culture in Harlem. And then it's kind of marred and overshadowed by this. And that's that's such a bummer. Such a bummer.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, I, I again, you know, I don't talk about very political things ever, and. However right. you want to view this, that it, of course it, I think will become political whether it is or not, but I'm not one to really express my opinions and on this show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice caveat.
1: So, yeah, I just, it just made me sad. Yeah. We went from like the Audrey Hepburn days to...
0: Well, and see, man, I, I caught little clips and seeing Liza Minnelli. I don't know if you saw her on there.
1: Oh God, that was heartbreaking.
0: Oh yeah. That was heartbreaking. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Wild. But the reverence that Lady Gaga had for her was really nice. I can just see. I know. I think Hollywood and many communities can be very supportive. And that's the thing that I started off by saying is that I think people will rally around both Chris Rock and Will Smith. Right. And I think they both are deserving of support, whether or not you agree with them and support what they did. That's a whole different political issue, but supporting the person and kind of looking at, you know, Hey, I'm here for you. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of being here for you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Bring it.
0: Yeah. You ready for this? I'm ready. Well, let's do it. Y'all jump in and you'll like this. He says it right in the beginning, but we cut a little bit at the very top. That he was talking about a new tattoo that he's getting. I figured yeah. you, you figured that out from what he starts saying. But yeah, we were on we yeah. some At tattoo first talk I was like, what's he
1: talking about? And then I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I felt good in a bed I mean, you guys will hear, but he's he is talking about a tattoo and we will be yeah. back shortly.
1: You guys listen and then we'll be back and you yeah. know, we'll discuss it.
0: Y'all know what we do. You're on the Patreon. Of course you know what we do.
2: It's felt so good. Like It's such a weird, mm. good, bad feeling. I, I keep saying it's like sharp pain therapy, <laughs> the deep tissue massage. Yeah. It hurts for sure, but um, my mental game after I walk out of there feels so good.
0: There's something about when you're, when you're in there, on one level, there's some comfort because you know it, it's your thing. There's also something about your mind needs to go somewhere else, but it's also very present. So it's maybe a little bit of both.
2: Yeah. And almost want related to the gym too. It's a very similar, just kind of got to push through it type of mentality. Right. And I think that also helps me like, like for me, right where I'm at right now, I feel like I'm still lukewarm. I still feel like I'm kind of in that mid zone of like, yeah, right. a limbo right. stage. And so it's been a huge blessing for me kind of timeline wise to be able to get tattooed right now. Cause I have not in five years to the extent of right. this. Little ones, but nothing like a real tattoo. Like, it, it's way like people that walk in and get like the little ones, like, oh, I'm tatted now. It's like mm, your five minute tattoo ain't shit. wait Wait, I got a little butterfly on my butt. That doesn't count. <laughs> Dude, fucking butt tattoos. My uh, the last time I was getting tatted, he, he had just finished up doing a pineapple on a dude's ass. And I was like, what? Like, what? So yeah, yeah. Really I'm literally fucking fucking not gonna random. touch that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't ask. I was like, that's cool. Kind of moved on, right? Mm-hmm. It's like getting a paper cut on a sunburn. So it definitely doesn't feel good, but it's right. also not like breaking a bone where it's like, oh my god, like I need help right now. Right, right. So it's bearable, but you can get through it. And and I like that because I feel like as of late, I haven't finished much. Mm. I haven't had that, like, accomplished, finish the dishes kind of feeling. Right, right. And this somewhat gives me that, to be able to sit down for a couple hours, get through it, walk out, and have those endorphins. So, yeah, it's been really fun mentally just Mm -hmm. to kind of get through that and kind of challenge myself in that way. Yeah. Because it's different. It's not a work challenge. It's not a relationship challenge. It's not. It's just kind of a challenge.
0: It's an in-the-moment challenge, and it's, like you said, similar to the gym in that way. It's in the moment, and it really is about the challenge, and it's enduring something. You just push through, and there's something about it being physical, which, I mean, lifting weights and getting a tattoo, you'd think, well, one's physical, one's not. No, they both are, because it's your physical body that something's happening to, and you kind of control it. I mean, you could have told the guy to stop any time.
2: That's the most fun part because I, I think about that and I think I'll relate that to my fishing, right? That kind of mm-hmm. mentality yep. too yep. of my escape. And and yeah, I could stop at any point, right? And I also think about it like, damn, I'm going to walk out of here with half a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that sucks.
0: <laughs> right, right. So how, how much can I push myself? How much can I take? How much can I endure? In order to get this one thing done and then it's done, it's over. It's mm-hmm. not like it's an ongoing thing. When you had COVID, I mean, you were knocked out and you had no idea how long you were going to be knocked out for.
2: Yeah, right? that, was, that was brutal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is something with a definite finish line. And when there is a finish line, so much easier to have that challenge mentality and go, yeah, let me get through. And it feels good. That's, that's the dishes being done. I mean, If you worked in a restaurant and there were constantly being dishes piled into the sink where you're washing them, then it's, it's never ending. It's never going to stop. You don't have that sense of accomplishment.
2: Right. Well, and I and I think he kind of fucked me in that sense too, because all this good I'm talking about too, uh, you see it. It's all outlines, right? He gave me like a little taste of what that shading was, and it's a completely different ballgame. It's four needles versus one, and so like all of this, like really good, like oh yeah, I got through it, like sick. I still have to go through the worst part, and I like that mm-hmm. to a degree, and not getting like super deep and emotional on like oh, I, if I can get through this, I can get through the. N-. But I think it does relate. like my day-to-day life in a better way versus big picture this is one of my smaller picture ideas Uh if i can get tatted and and still show up knowing that it's gonna suck right it helps me kind of get through the next day and like oh well if i can do that i can do a lot more and so yeah it's been a nice change of pace for me because i've been getting very mundane at the gym and my day-to-day routine is just kind of like bland and kind of eh right and I right. mentioned I'm, I'm looking for jobs and kind of getting back on that kind of in-term between here and there, which is another weird mindset for me to be right now because it's not a long-term goal, which is really not usual for me as far as jobs. Right. I mean, I'm doing my part, but I'm not really like pushing that one too much, which kind of sucks. It makes me feel uh, a little guilty. I just feel like I haven't really finished much lately. I think, I think I have a lot of ongoing miscellaneous projects that haven't seen conclusion. Right. And that's really hard for me.
0: What about accomplishment? They might not be conclusion, but you and I talk about mile markers
2: all the time. I think playing the, the believing in myself game is kind of where I'm at right now. Hmm. And like I still feel very firm in, in where I was a year ago. This is what I'm supposed to do, and I know what I'm doing, and, and I'm happy doing it. Like, I have that feeling of this is what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. At the same time... I haven't made like a good chunk of change in a while. I have nothing in front of me that's coming, and not having that in front of me right now has been stressful to its best degree. And and to answer the question of accomplishments, good shit's happening. It's really good. I just I'm not quite enjoying it. And I and I don't know why. Cause I mean, this is the coolest shit I've ever done in my life. And so, like accomplishment-wise, like, yeah, I'm proud of myself and this shit's cool, but I don't do it for myself, really. You know what I mean? And it's not that fun when it's just me in it. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, again, like I I am really happy in what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. and the job and and the people and everything that comes along with it. It's beautiful. I couldn't ask for anything more. And I still feel like something's missing. And I don't think it's a job that's that asterisk in my life right now, that little piece. And I don't think it's a person or a thing. I think it's something internal that I'm I'm still trying to, like, navigate and find out what that is. Mm-hmm. I think I've been really down on myself the last couple of days. In the same shit we've been talking about of, like, this, I call them episode seasons, this one's just fucking, like, ongoing. It's just, like, fuck, man. Like, I'm ready for this one to be over. <laughs> like, I am so ready for this one to be over.
0: Yeah. And sometimes when you're in it, it's just, there's just a, a haze. Things are just a little colored by this or grayed out by this. And yeah, it, it will lift, it will pass. It's sort of like, I mean, you know, in Seattle when the gray's out, it's just gray. You know? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's you don't realize it because you just get used to it and that's the way it is until for the two months a year, it's actually really nice there. But the sun comes out, you're like, Oh, right. Yes, this, this is amazing. Is the live here. <laughs> right. There's something that I hear in you that's really cool and incredible, which is several times you were saying something and you use the word and not the word, but yeah, which means that in your brain somewhere, you're not negating the first part. You recognize it's there and, oh, and I'm just feeling kind of, meh. we're not going to negate it, but we're not just going to go, cool. My life's great on paper. Awesome. So I, I should feel great that's not how you sound anymore. And I will say part of what's missing for you right now is just a a sense of being present for the good things and and enjoying it like cool. And maybe a function of that is you're not used to not having a girlfriend. You're not used to not having like your person or someone to share this with. And this is you on your own doing this. And I think it's important to kind of, Sure. Celebrate it. And some of it comes internally, like knowing, yes, I accomplished this or I'm doing this or I'm present for this and it's really cool or really not cool, whatever it is. Okay. I'm here. There is something about sharing that experience. If you remember when we first talked about challenge versus adventure mentality, that the challenge is about what's the outcome. The adventure is about how can I share this now? Whether it's it's in the moment with somebody, after the moment with somebody, I think having that sense of sharing it, validating it, connecting with other people makes it real. How does that land for you?
2: I think it's kind of all a big mishmash of learning. Mm. And maybe I'm the it's the realist in me coming out. I also think I think the la- the magic of life. Of like, you, when you go to Disneyland as a kid and how magic and, oh my God, this is so crazy. And like, whoa, all the colors and everything's so bigger than life. And this can't be real. And how'd they do this, right? I think the more answers I'm finding, the more I'm getting to that lukewarm mm-hmm. and less of the magic stage of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm really searching for that right now, not knowingly. Mm-hmm. And I think we really helped a lot of that the last 10 years of my life of, of either subduing that feeling, right, or kind of like making it what it is, and it's not having that effect on me anymore. I mean, that's probably been the case for the last couple of years, and, and I'm just kind of realizing it. But yeah, I think I think for me right now, it's it's the lackluster magic that's just not there, which is weird. And I am figuring out how to make that happen for myself, and I think I'm literally the definition of like of crazy. You know, I'm doing the same equation and expecting a different outcome, which I sit here and laugh about it, but it like it's real, you know? I'm doing the same shit and frustrating myself because I'm not getting a different outcome, and that itself is like it's just funny.
0: Sort of. It's funny and it's also
2: it's just like, come on, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to be clear about some of this before we jump into it so that 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 you know like doing the same old stuff same result nothing right are we talking about with respect to like work accomplishments life goals that any of that stuff it's just all yeah you're shaking your head so that all that mishmash right
2: i can't single out one thing and and because of that i think it's an internal thing And, and it's something inside of me that's now portraying it on everything else,
0: yeah, that that's sort of when everything's just like got that gray filter over it. Like everything's going to look gray. I think that you're you're onto something when you say that idea of like when you're younger and you're doing things for the first time, they're amazing, and there's a sense of wonder that goes away, especially when you go to Disneyland later. Or wait, did you did you bring kid? pause real quick
2: just let me tell you this real quick <laughs> oh. so the first okay. time me girlfriend went super fun amazing gangster right right come back that next friday right and oh that's right you got the two day yeah 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 but for whatever reason they said that our reservations didn't happen i was with her when we made it like i saw all of it happen and uh they're like yeah no nah, sorry we're booked for today so we just kicked it in downtown disney and
0: oh man dinner.
2: Kicked it. But he didn't like he didn't know, so he wasn't super bummed. So we kinda had to put on a face. But yeah, yeah, that was my Disney last week.
0: You know, it's funny. I'll tell you a great story. Long time ago, I had a client, she had a, a kid that was two years old and was obsessed with penguins. So they wanted to go to the the Long Beach Aquarium. And mm-hmm. to gear up and get out there, it was like it took over an hour to drive out there, but to like gear up the car, get ready, get out there, go. And then they got there and it was like getting out, getting set, getting ready <laughs> and everything. And then the kid was like pointing to a, a like little street vendor that had a grilled cheese sandwich and wanted a grilled cheese sandwich. So they're like, oh no. Okay. And, and I just had the sandwich and it was great. And then all said and done, it was like over two hours between the time they they'd left and the time that they were not even in the aquarium yet. The kid just started going like, I I want to go. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) And like, well, well, let's go inside. Let's go inside. And as they were walking in, I think there are some penguins that are like the tropical penguins that were just kind of walking around. So sees a penguin. And the kid didn't even want to go in the aquarium. (laughs) So they wound up turning around and leaving. And as my clients tell me about this, she's crying and she's like so like disappointed and frustrated that it was so bad. I was like, well, how was it? How was it for your kid? What would your kid say? Like, I loved that grilled cheese in the parking lot. It was awesome. It was so amazing. What a fun day! Right. She was holding like, oh no, it was a failure. It was horrible, and the kid had a great experience.
2: Yeah, well, and you see me smiling too because mm-hmm. it's not a, a laughing at the story smile. It's a, uh, it's understanding because yeah. almost the same thing. Girlfriend, when we like when we literally got stopped at the front gate walking into Disneyland. They were like, yeah, no. And so I'm with him, right? And I take him, and like we start playing. And, like I'm distracting him because I don't want him to know, right? Right. And uh, she comes over all heated, and like, fuck this! Like this is stupid. Like, cool. like sure. they should do something. We should sure. our money. Like all that. Right. I'm like, listen, we're in downtown Disney. Let's go buy some toys. You know, we're gonna get him a Captain America shield. We're gonna do that thing. And go have some tacos, and we're gonna have a great time situationally it was a shitty time because of what was going on and all that. But I sure. think the way it all kind of like unfolded was really good for me personally in hmm. understanding that it's not the actual event we're going to do. It's, it's the adventure, not the, the destination. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. And sharing it. I mean, granted, <laughs> girlfriend. girlfriend could have an experience of that, that she needs sure. to share how frustrating and fucked up and disappointing but. Okay, and that's her experience and that was her adventure. Right. That's, that's one thing, fine. But I think that the idea of seeing things through a kid's eyes and maybe even seeing mm-hmm. things through little Drew's eyes, mm-hmm. coming back to that, because there's, there's something about when you look at your life on paper, it's a piece of paper. But when you, you kind of look at your own experience and reflect on your own experience and think of where you've been, where you're going, and where you are, it gives it a little more meaning. It's context. It's everything that that I've been working on that's led up to this. We'll lose all of that when we're in this state of gray. Right. We don't see anything future. We don't see much past. We're not really connected to the present in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, whatever, going through the motions. The pop the cork moments. If we just celebrated when it's done and out, then we're only popping the cork on the champagne once Mm -hmm. and nothing really matters until we get to that point. That's a challenge mentality. If we can pop the cork along the way, little victories, moments that are like, oh, that was a great moment. Oh, look at that. We did that. And it doesn't even have to be a great moment. If you're looking for that cork at the end of the line, it's like, yeah, awesome, whatever. So finding moments to pop the cork to celebrate Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need people around us. Because if you pop the cork, what are you going to do? Down a bottle of champagne all by yourself?
2: <laughs> right. Well, and my question too is, is what does is my pop in the cork moment look like? Mm. What's my celebration look like? Because yeah. a lot of my life has been buying stuff and remembering events, momentums, all that kind of stuff through things. And it's funny, when you first said like something along the lines of stopping the moment or whatever... Right. My brain instantly went to a big meeting and we all kind of like walked out of the building together and, and all hugged. And like, it wasn't, we didn't go out to dinner. We didn't do anything. It wasn't, oh, we didn't go buy watches now. You know, it wasn't like that, but we all just right. kind of collectively sat there and were like, wow, guys, this is incredible. And like that sticks out to me more than probably the majority of the meetings we've had over the last couple of months. right? Not because it was a really good meeting, but because of the moments after.
0: Exactly. And you celebrate those moments because they feel fantastic. Professional athletes, when you ask them what they miss the most, the competition, yes, and the, the locker room, the camaraderie. Right.
2: Being with the boys.
0: Yeah. That moment that you had with those two guys after the meeting. like, right. Yeah, that that's what it's about. Doesn't necessarily have to be popping the cork. That meeting could have been shit. Could have been horrible. Right. right. And if the three of you have a hug and, and just like, yo, I got you. I got you. I got you. Like okay, all right, let's regroup. You're gonna remember that moment of regrouping, mm-hmm. of being together. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, that was fun and that was great. I just don't. <laughs> but, I can't. Yeah, I was going really, but up. yeah, but but I can't rely on those two guys for every good thing in my life. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I can't pop a cork with somebody every time. And right now, I don't like popping corks by myself. And so having that understanding of of what that is, and and for me still, I still have that feeling of like, well, if I'm going to accomplish something, I need to buy something to like remember it. Uh-huh. And it's really hard to do when you don't have any money. And so like right now, I'm trying to figure out how to bring a little bit more joy back into my life. Yeah, by myself, and and not feel like I need to go find good people in LA to make that happen. I really want to get to the point to where I'm doing that and I'm doing almost everything I can to not do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and look, I agree with you and I will, I will poke at that a little bit. I think you're right. Like we need to feel it for ourselves internally at the end of the day, at the end of the life, we're alone, right? Come in alone. We go out alone. Hopefully along the way, we get to share with a lot of people. It is strongest when it comes internally. And it it means more that way. Yes, you are right. Sometimes, and for some people, a lot of the time, we do need to see that reflected somewhere else. We do need to share it. And it it takes a lot of different forms. And maybe it might be looking at what are some of those forms that it can take that's not just buying something. When you said buying something, I thought of going to a concert. You know, I used to love going to concerts. It was always about buying the t shirt and the coolest thing would be showing up to school the next day wearing the t shirt. There's a, a, a camaraderie or a shared experience when you've been to the same concert. There's some connection there. And that's, I think that's not just okay to have. I think sometimes it's necessary to have. You might be in a place where you're like, I don't feel like connecting. I don't want to connect. I want to just feel good myself. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And yeah, just pop in the cork yourself. Okay. We can. I mean, I can walk you through some exercise. I've had clients that are very introverted that have learned to pop the cork themselves. Will they will journal? They'll do like a a high low oddity of the week or of the day to themselves. I'm thinking about one in particular. I became their their way to see that their reflection for that right their connection. It's like yes, and let's see if we can have that somewhere else so it's not just here. What we finally realized was. He was going to get it from several different places. It wasn't all just going to be one person.
2: I mean, similar in the community that we, like, it's across the board, man, I, I just feel like I'm in a rut. Mm. I went to go see friend the other day. And like, as soon as I showed up, I was like, I don't want to go home. And then as soon as I got home, I was like, damn, why is nobody here with me? And then as soon as I called friend, I was like, damn, I really want to hang up so I can go smoke some weed. I and mean, then as soon as I smoked some weed, I was like, damn, I just want to go to sleep so I don't have to deal with it. It's a hard routine to be in, and I feel like I've been in it for a couple of days now. And I'm not having night terrors, you know? It's not like that. But I am waking up again with, like, this suicide mentality. I think the other thing that's been fucking with me is this whole hospital thing messed with my head, a little, obviously. And I think the thing that I haven't said out loud and it's been in there... It was, it was almost kind of exciting in the sense mm. of, like, I almost got that out I wanted, and it's a really scary thought for me, and it was almost relieving. And I think that's the scariest part for me right now is not enjoying anything that I'm really doing and not wanting to go hang out with anybody and just kind of being here. Yeah. I feel a lot more in control of what that is, for sure. Mm. This was just taking a lot longer to get over. <laughs> I feel like it's... a. Uh, it's like a medium pain level for a really long time versus a really high pain level for a short time.
0: And this is a tattoo as you go in, you're there for a couple hours, you take the pain and then you go out. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is ongoing. This is, I wake up, it's here. Go to sleep, it's here. In between all day, it's here. And a sense of, I don't even want to be here. I don't even want to do this. I'm not finding joy in anything. I'm just kind of, some people use the word languishing sort of going through the motions. I don't really care. I don't know why. What's the point? Partly that's pushing ourselves constantly. Just keep going, keep going, keep going and not recharging. And that's where I go, yeah, go fishing for a while and remember what it's like to be a human being, not a human doing. And that's when I say partly, that's not the answer. Some of it is chemical. It's just like, yeah. And that's what for some, that's what depression is. Whether it's a few days for you, for some people, it's several months. Could be even longer. And it's just you wake up and you're just like, okay, well, I guess I'll go through the motions today. Whatever. It's a hard place to be, especially if you don't understand it. And it's a hard place to describe and explain to people because they'll they'll just tell you things like, oh, just go for a workout, or just just smoke some weed, just take a shower, just do the dishes, just make your bed, and they just don't get it. You know, there's a feeling inside. And that—that's kind of what we're what we're coming to, and what we're getting at is, yeah, it is inside. It's that almost Seattle gray. It will pass, and it is here now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I hope so. This one, this one just sucks, man. Like, there's nothing wrong. No, there is stuff to fix, obviously, but like, there's nothing like, oh yeah, this is what's wrong. Let me just deal with this, and I'll be okay. Mm
0: there's something that I know about you, which is you give and give until there's nothing left. And I I combine that with just that a gray period, a little depressed feeling episode, period, whatever it might be, combine those two things. And it's, it's not just that it's no fun. It's that it's, this is how it is. I'm glad you understand that the Seattle gray, because it's just a gray that's just
2: there right? just there. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not raining. It's not fucking freezing cold. It's just not comfortable. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry you're there. I can tell you a bunch of things. <laughs> Nothing's going to change it right now. The things, and it ranges from some of that, go work out, go take a shower, go do, to, oh, let's get you on an antidepressant. And for some, it's relieving to know like, okay, so there's something I can be doing about this. Okay. For others, that's a burden. Oh, I can do this, but I'm not doing this. And if we can realize like, oh, okay, this is out of my control. It will pass. It's here now. It sucks. Okay. It's really tough, but being kind and understanding for yourself and realizing this isn't a doing thing. This is a being thing. Even though being sucks, part of how I'm coping with being sucking is I'll smoke some weed. I'll watch some TV. I'll get a tattoo. I think it's just recognizing this is the gray that's over me. It it will pass. There are some things I can do and some things are just out of my control. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Being able to say to me like, yeah, I'm just feeling it. I'm just in it. I'm just feeling kind of blue, just kind of depressed. And I don't know.
2: Right. Right. Is there a different word? than depressed that I can use when talking to people. Cause I, I just feel every time I've used that. Yeah. Something there's, there's one way or another that it pushes them to think, Oh, you're really fucked up or nah You're just saying you're depressed cause you're sad today.
0: Yeah. People don't understand depressed very well. They either right. think like, Oh, you're sad. Well here, here's how to turn that frown upside down and it's not helpful. Or they think, oh man, something wrong. Oh wow, well, do you have medication? Can you call somebody? Do you, are you gonna are you gonna put a gun to your head? Like are you? I mean, it's yeah, it, right. it, it's a misunderstood word and feeling. Think of words that you've used before. Autopilot. Mm-hmm. You can use going through the motions in an episode. Yeah. Sometimes I use blue. I'm just a little down. If you say down though, people will try to lift you up. Right. And I don't think you want that.
2: I'm not really looking for anybody to fix it. It would just be nice for somebody to go through it with me. Mm-hmm. It's been hard to explain this one to people. Like, I feel like I'm not being heard, but I don't know what I want to say. Right. And, I, and I think I'm in that same spot, but I do know what I want to say. I just don't know how to say it. And so, like, like for me and girlfriend, that one's just an easy relationship for me to put as an example was like, yeah, I'm not doing very good. This is kind of where I'm at. I'm depressed. I'm not mentally, I'm not okay right now. I just don't feel good. And she was like, well, what's wrong? What did I do? What's wrong with us? What do we, (laughs) you know? And I was like, this has nothing to do with us. It doesn't even really have to do with like me and somebody. It's me and me. And and so I think the hard part of explaining all that and getting the compassion I'm looking for. So I don't quite know how to explain where I'm at.
0: What you're looking for is empathy, not sympathy. And the idea is, like you said, I just need somebody to just sit here with me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just need a hug. Sometimes I just need somebody to sit here and just sit here and, and fucking play 2K, watch TV. Just nothing. Just be. Right. And most people want to try to fix instead of just being. I give you a lot of credit for recognizing, yeah, that's what you need people ask you like, yeah, well, are, are you all right? Like you'll go, yeah, it's okay. It's not, but it's easier than saying, no, I'm pretty down. Yeah. I'm pretty, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just like on autopilot with stuff. And I, I'm feeling like, man, yeah, I know what you mean, man. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Cause if you do come over and like, okay, cool. If you don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have the energy for you right now.
2: Yeah, and I I think that's the frustrating part where I'm at right now, too, is is just half of me is tired of being, quote-unquote, a burden, having people to deal with my problems and walk through them with me, and the other half is wanting somebody to do it with me. It would just be nice to have somebody.
0: Yeah, you can find that, you can have that. It it might just take, it might just take a minute to kind of walk through like, okay, well, let me, let me kind of see where they're, are are they going to be, do they get, do they get it? Do they get it? Right. Because if they get it, cool. If they don't
2: go away. And you see me laughing because in my head and and I don't, I don't know why I'm like this, but I, I think I'm laughing because it's like a, I'm picturing like a game show and it's like, will he find it, find out next week.
0: I hate this for you overall but I love this piece for you because this is the opposite of when you were trying to find out where you belong, where are you going to fit in? What you're now talking about is who am I cool with coming here? This is what's going on. And they're not going to try to fix. They're not going to like, they're just going to go, Oh, okay. Somebody that gets these periods or knows how to be with you in these periods is great. Doesn't mean it goes away. Right, feeling like you're not alone and feeling not lonely in it any sort of like oh you have so much to offer like oh you're doing so great like oh you're so productive people really count on you like you don't feel that in these moments
2: No, and and even if I did it doesn't matter
0: you're in a rough stretch and I'm sorry it will pass and it sucks right now
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it will be okay
0: yeah if you're feeling it and you don't have anybody around you, hit me up again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: And we're back. We sure are. You know what hasn't gone away? The rain. <laughs> <laughs> we're nope. still here.
0: So we're is the rain. We're still here. The rain is still here. And some things you can rely on that way, like the rain in Los Angeles. It's all... oh.
1: Well, never, not. ever here. And also something yeah. else you can rely on. Yes. Tattoos hurt.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
1: <laughs> I think and I definitely have a handful of people I know that are like, they don't hurt. And in my mind, I'm like, you are lying. But sure. Everyone has their own pain thresholds.
0: Totally. Totally. And it, it's, it's funny because with the tattoo thing, I, I mean, I don't have a tattoo. I don't know. I have heard many people say, even you, I don't remember what body part, but I've heard people say, Oh, that's the most painful part. You know, whether I mean, yes. you've got one on the yes. back of the ear, I've had people get them on their abdomen, talk about it, or the, Ooh. maybe the knee or the back of the knee or something like oh, that.
1: All of it. Ribs by far.
0: <laughs> oh, I've right. heard
1: the worst for me. And there's certain parts like on your forearm where a little bit closer to the inside might hurt less than the, it's just random. and, and, I've always thought maybe head, top of your head might hurt, but Oof. also it might not. Cause I don't know about the nerve ending. Who knows? Yeah. So, and people, a lot of people like the uh, pain. So I don't, I don't at all. Right. And I'm also a fan of like, there's a little part of it of like, no, you have to go through the pain to get this. It's part of the, yeah,
0: right. part of the right. journey. Well, and that's, that's exactly what he, what we were talking about and kind of what I was saying. Right. Like, when there's a finish line, it's easier to have that challenge mentality, like get through it and do that.
1: Totally. When there's something
0: ongoing, it makes it a lot tougher, but this has a finish line and he got part one of this. Like that's what he was talking about. he has to go back for part two. Yeah. And it's,
1: he called it sharp pain therapy. I was like, that is a great name for this.
0: Sharp pain therapy or a paper cut on a sunburn. Like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. All those things, but it's, Funny to me that he mentioned something. I was like, I'm not touching that. Do you know what this means? The guy that got a pineapple pineapple on on your ass? Yeah. No. Do you know the symbol of a pineapple?
1: I know what a pineapple looks like.
0: Oh, great. You're going to be on Urban Dictionary in like two seconds. The pineapple is a symbol for swingers. Okay. Why? (laughs) Why? I I don't know. I don't know. Because however it became that, and there's, I don't know this very well at all. I just know that from another client that. Yeah. OK, pineapple means swinger and maybe upside down. Pineapple means something, too. But a guy getting a pineapple tattooed on his butt probably means he's a swinger.
1: Or he just thought it was funny and had no idea, by the way. I feel like that could be more
0: likely. That is possible. But I don't think you get a tattoo of a pineapple on your butt without knowing what it is.
1: Ask Drew. Ask Drew I know.
0: maybe if he got a panda, I'd agree with that. But a pineapple, I mean.
1: You know what I think of pineapple? I think of pineapple as the safe word when you're like engaging in some sort of BDSM or I don't.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's where it came from. I don't know.
1: Pineapple. I don't know. Yeah. I just made that up. But anyway.
0: No, I think that's in a movie. I think I think somebody uses that as a safe word.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. But one thing I was like, Drew, was when he said your five minute tattoo ain't shit let's not be judgmental here. Five minutes tattoo still hurt just for a little bit of time.
0: Right, right.
1: But I get it. Of course, I have a lot of little ones that I get because I don't want to deal with the long-term pain of a big one. So
0: yeah. Yeah. You've done that all.
1: Yeah. I've done them all.
0: And you're, you're, you're going to shave your head and get a pineapple on your head. Is that right?
1: I am. Yeah. The upside down <laughs> pineapple.
0: That's what it is. That's, that's what it is. Safe word pineapple. There is a. There's a video of somebody getting arrested. Oh, this is hilarious or <laughs> not? This is a few years ago. Somebody was getting arrested, and it's a hilarious arrest story. And he's like, uh, the cops are cuffing him, are doing whatever, and he's chatting the whole time, and he's funny. And he goes, "My safe word is pineapple juice."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If you guys so also know, I think- I, there's got. I know it's in a movie or a TV show too. We have to look it up fact checker
0: yeah right but i i definitely I definitely remember that video i'll send you the clip not now because okay. you will watch it right now but um
1: i know i will okay i'll send okay. it to you when we're done all right
0: back on track
1: it was interesting from start to to finish of this episode he really i don't not decompensated but let out his feelings as it progressed starting with like Yeah. Tattoos. And then like, I haven't finished a lot lately. Like work is really good and also not. And then just was tearful and emotional and talking about depression and suicidal ideation. And I was like, wow, this is, I really had no idea. This was, this was intense.
0: It was interesting. Bonnie busts me on this a lot when a client will go to an emotional level and I don't go there with them or I don't yeah. stay down there or go down there. And we did it with Sarah. The one that Bonnie and I just did, you didn't hear is after Sarah's cousin passes and she's very emotional. Like she starts the session off crying instantly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And with this, Drew is not just somebody who was getting emotional. He's currently depressed. He's, he's in a depressive episode for him. And I was not really going there because I, I wasn't sure about his capacity to feel it and not feel that sense of doom, that sense of everything. And I kept scratching at certain things and I kept getting it wrong. After a while, I was getting it wrong purposefully, but not every time. And he kept correcting me until he hit Where it was coming from. I knew what it was. And he wants to move past something, kind of like the tattoo, like, let me get the tattoo and get through it, like that challenge mentality. And I really wanted to get him to see, like, yeah, you are in a rut. And he even said once when I was trying to give him an out to talk about something else, like, and he mentioned up waking up with the suicidal mentality. You know, that's not him actually being suicidal. That's what it means is that not really feeling. Liking life. You know, we've talked about it before when he used to say way back in the beginning, suicidal ideology. Remember he said it wrong, that phrase?
1: Right. Suicidal ideation.
0: Right. And that's it's not that he would ever do that. And he's said that and I've assessed for that with him. It's that he has that sense of doom, that sense of everything closing in and what that means. And I really wanted him to just be able to acknowledge that this is the gray. This is where he, where he is and what he's feeling. And it's, it's not just, let me work out and make it better. Or, let me do this and, and let me get through this. It's, can you just name it and be okay yeah. with it being this?
1: I mean, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Maybe I think yeah, yeah. what I try to do with clients who tend to use the word depressed ongoing is I try to back it up a little bit and say, okay, well, let's talk about what that means to you. So I would say you're in a rut, it's feeling gray. When right. someone says to me that when he was in the hospital, he was sort of bummed because he almost had an out. Like he almost was able, like, because he was so sick and, you know, whatever, that he almost had an out. And that to me is, in my opinion, a much higher level than a rut or the gray and when someone right. says the word suicidal ideation, again, higher than a rut, I hear him saying like, you know, whether if it's lack of motivation or if it's to me, this, and he's referred to episodes, which right. is also to me sort of telling, this does not sound mm-hmm. situational to me. This sounds right. clinical.
0: Right. Which is, I think we can find the trigger for it, which is when he finally said, I think the hospital really messed me up. Yes. Because it gave him a sense of mortality is right there or ending life is right there. So for what you're saying, like, oh, there's an out and it messed him up. Like he doesn't want an out, but oh man, it would sound nice to not have to keep doing this this way.
1: Yeah. I think it's the dialectic. He does want an out and he does not want an out.
0: Right. And that's, that's where I really wanted to highlight for him. You can feel that even though you don't want to do that, you can feel that. And what we can do on one side of that is look at, well, can we not take so much on? Can we not live this way? Can we make our life a little easier while we're here and enjoy moments and be in moments and not take everything on? But, you know, the feathers and bricks, a lot of the things we've been talking about. Right. He even said, which I thought was brilliant. Once we kind of went with the, this is the gray, this is where you are. He went with, is there another word I can use other than depressed? Right. People don't understand depressed very well. They they don't know what that means. And I wanted to look at with him, regardless of what you call it, what is it that you that you need in those moments? What's supportive? It used to be that codependent piece where what he needed was somebody to be everything. Right. And now it's part of why he said, like, I I don't want to just say I'm down because I'm not looking for anybody to to fix it. I just want somebody to go through it with me or for me to not be alone. And I think really that lonely feeling and alone feeling that he gets is that nobody gets it. Nobody gets him. And that's what I was talking about at the start of this with the different kinds of support that even Chris Rock and Will Smith or any of us will see. What is supportive to somebody is not necessarily supportive to somebody else. What he wants right. is not somebody to go, oh, well, why don't you just uh, exercise, go for a jog, or hey, I'll take you out to, to dinner. It's... I just want to know that somebody's with me, that I'm not alone.
1: Right. And again, so I think the interesting part though, is there's a lot of, I was listening to him talk about work and I was like, cause no idea what he, what he's doing or what, what this means. Cause he was saying, no, this is amazing. Like this is so cool. It's the coolest thing I've ever done. Like I'm like, I love it. And then also then like, okay, I'm not making money. And then, goes to like well something is missing
0: right and then
1: goes sort of deep into the deep dive of depression and when he said that it like broke my heart when he said that the magic as a kid sort of wears off I mean right maybe it doesn't always like sometimes and I think it comes and goes because for me sure maybe Disneyland started as magical and then it went to a place to take acid and then it became annoying (laughs) and I was too cool. And then now when I go, I'm like magical. Right. So I think I get it. I get what he's saying. And you talked about seeing things through kids' eyes and through little Drew's eyes. And those things can be lost when you're in a state of gray. So those things can be lost, whether you're sad down in a rut or severely depressed, of course. But for me, this was the time to name depression, depression. Yeah. And also describe what that means or looks like for him. Cause that's what Absolutely. people need to know.
0: Yeah. You're totally right. That was kind of what I was separating for him was right. And he was saying it in certain ways. Like anytime I mentioned getting support from somebody or reaching out to someone, it was about, yeah, but I want to be able to feel good on my own. I don't feel it for myself. I don't, Right. right. That's depression. That's right. that that gray hue to everything that just clouds everything and that's right. part of that can be chemical, part of it can be situational and and
1: right. it totally. just comes
0: like you said comes and goes and it's in waves and yeah. things that you used to enjoy you don't enjoy and that's right. where i talked about languishing or anhedonia like that kind right. of feeling happens. Right. And there's something about how do I explain this to people or how do I get support from people and, and what does that mean? So recognizing it on your own for what that is and how to tell friends and how to talk about it and and what kind of support you need and, and what to do with that. Right. And a lot of people, when they're feeling this way, they don't reach out. They don't respond to people. They might go weeks without talking to somebody or at the very least days without talking to somebody that really cares and would be there for them But they're feeling that depressed and it's really hard to do anything.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, with this level of depression, especially if there's suicidal ideation involved, I think it is very important to be careful about who you talk to about those things, because it is a lot of responsibility for someone else to know these things. If you try to talk to somebody about it that doesn't understand at all, it may backfire for you and for them.
0: Totally. Yep. right. I've had clients that want to bring their partners in for a session because they're going through a depression and their partners want to support, but don't understand how. And the client doesn't understand or doesn't know how to explain it so the partner can hear it. And it's, right. Hey, I appreciate that every morning you come in with a fresh cup of coffee and are talking to me about exercising and getting breakfast or doing this, but There are some mornings where I just can't get out of bed. And what I need is for you to either leave me alone or crawl in bed with me or whatever it is. So it's not feeling alone when you want to be alone or not being alone when you want somebody with you and going through this. Yeah. It's really, really tricky. And if you don't, if you've never experienced actual depression or been with somebody who has, you might not understand what we're really talking about. Yeah. It's really difficult to describe to people in part, because if you're feeling it, you don't, you don't know how to, and you don't want to.
1: Right. Totally. And, you know, I think you guys talked about having connection with someone when you said having been to the same concert. Oh my God. I so resonate with that. Right, That's right. like one of my favorite things to talk to people about, like having been to the same concert, especially like with Grateful Dead and. Sure, But one of the things that you said that I was like, "Mm," was when you said, you don't really want to down a bottle of champagne and like pop the cork moment by yourself. And I was like, no, I do. I'm good with that. (laughs) Like, and I, I get what you were saying. Like, it's nice to have people to have those like pop the cork moments with. And also I think what is really important is to be able to pop the cork while you're by yourself and be able to celebrate while you're by yourself a lot harder to do or feeling impossible to do when you're in a state of depression. But I do think that whole being sort of quote unquote happy alone and like celebrate whatever it is with people and on your own is important.
0: Right. One of the great things about being a therapist, I think is that you can get things wrong sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. And hopefully the client will correct you. And this was one where I was pushing at something from his past which is that right. codependence, which is I'm only happy if somebody else is happy. But I knew what right. he was talking about was wanting to find the happiness for himself. So I drove that popping the cork thing. Like, yeah, you want to pop it with somebody and you want to do that and you want to see right. if, if tapping that would tap into that codependence for him. Right. And what was awesome is it didn't. He was like, it yeah, didn't. yeah, but I want to cool. know what popping the cork Is for myself. Yeah, you know what is that? I know when I heard that I
1: was like, "Yeah, buddy!" Right,
0: that was awesome. So that was me lobbing it for him. Totally. It's not he hit it out of the park. It's he just saw the lob come in and just went, "Uh, "I don't want to swing. I want to do this over here." I'm like, "Yeah, great, we're going over there now." And that's really, I think, very powerful. And being able to feel those moments is great. He's in a weird position of wanting to experience the pop the cork for himself, but not feeling connected to those moments right now, right inside of himself. And I love that he said that it was internal feeling that inside. And I, it's yeah.
1: Yeah. That was great.
0: I was drilling it with him, like really going like, yeah. And athletes there, they're all about the camaraderie. You all want to be together. And he's like, right. Yeah. I don't want that right now. And yet towards the end, he kind of talked about, he does want to have some, like he was talking about, it would be nice just to go through this with somebody, but two different things. Right. He's talking about feeling good and wanting to feel good on his own, not share that with somebody, just find that on his own. But for the right. depressed feelings, wanting to go through that with somebody and not be alone.
1: Yeah. The other thing that kind of made me laugh was like the very end when he said something again, I don't know if it's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, oh, but he yeah. was sort of trying to talk to her about it and she her response was like, what did I do? What's wrong with us? And I, I so get that I, as a therapist, I'm obviously intellectually, I can say that has nothing to do with you. And there have been times in my life where I'm like, okay, well what? Like I can't cheer you up or at least having us together doesn't make you happy. Like, of course not. Of course it has nothing to do with me, but sometimes Even when you understand depression fully, that idea sucks.
0: Totally. Totally. And what what can really suck is sort of what he was describing. Like, yeah, you know, I called my friend and was like, hey, I want to hang out. So we hung out and was like, man, I don't I really don't want to hang out. Then I just wanna smoke yeah. some weed. Okay. So we smoke some weed. Man, I really don't want to smoke some weed. I wish I could just do right. you know, it's it's trying anything you can and nothing works. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Totally. And sometimes nothing's gonna work. And The thing that may be really helpful is going to sleep. And sometimes you can't sleep and that's even worse. And so it's a vicious cycle. And I think you said to him, it always ends. You know that it always ends.
0: Right, right. And what's tough for some people is any of these episodes might end. And what might might not end is that you're looking at life as a series of these episodes and some last longer than others. And you have to lean into what it's like when you're not in this episode and what other things feel right. like. And sometimes the support you really need around you are people that understand that. And for some, yeah. it's their therapist because that's our job. And hopefully right. they can find some people on their own. And this was, I loved, I loved how he said this. It's sort of like a game show, like figuring out, okay, who gets it? Like, well, let me start interviewing yeah. people to see like, all right, yeah. bachelor, bachelor number one, can you handle
1: depression? Totally. And I think that's why a lot of times like groups, mental health groups, or just process groups or whatever it is with us, DBT groups, or sometimes people AA, things like that, finding a common ground where people can relate is really important. And at the very least, you're a therapist. And a lot of times I share with my clients what other clients are going through. Obviously, I never use their name or identifying information, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Yep. I have another client who's like dealing with the same, you know. So they're like, "Oh, there's other people out there,
0: right?" And that's a meta of what we're doing with Drew and with Sarah on the podcast. Is, yeah, yeah, right. they're going through this, and it's it's interesting too. There's there's a Insight Out clip that's on from this episode that was almost exactly what we're talking about. Where one of his friends calls and he thinks it's a friend calling to like talk about what he was going through, and the friend throws something on him that's like, "Dude, that was." Not exactly at all remotely, right. what I thought this right. call was, and screw you and it's it's right. interesting, so check out the inside out on this one too yeah yeah, yeah it, it it's tough, and I think, like you said, it's not about finding good people in l a it's about finding people that get it, and that's that's what I mean two very different parts that are linked in this, like wanting to find the people that get it and wanting to be able to touch the joy in himself for the things that are going well and realizing right this is the gray. I just don't feel that right now. And that sometimes is what depression feels like for people. It's just, I mean, look out your window right now, Mara, what do you see?
1: I was just thinking that motherfucking gray, (laughs) motherfucking gray makes me gray. makes me feel gray. And it certainly makes me not want to leave the house. I'll tell you that much.
0: Oh, well, you know what you make me feel? All the colors of the rainbow.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. You make me want to leave the house, but not when it's raining.
0: Oh, that's very sweet.
1: Well, I'm hoping Drew starts to feel better. I guess we'll find out.
0: We will. We will find out. Yeah. The stuff is this too will pass. And yep. while you're in it, we're here for you. Right. right? We are. And we'll be here yep. for you in, I don't know, a week or so. Who knows? Sometime. We'll be around
1: around. on and off, you know. Yeah.
0: That's right. We'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Bye. Bye.